good to have you guys with us again. We're going to be looking at Ecclesiastes 2 this week. Let me start by reading the chapter. I said to myself, Come now, I will test you with pleasure to find out what is good. But that also proved to be meaningless. Laughter, I said, is madness. And what does pleasure accomplish? I tried cheering myself with wine and embracing folly. My mind still guided me with wisdom. I wanted to see what was good for people to do under the heavens during the few days of their lives. I undertook great projects. I built houses for myself and planted vineyards. I made gardens and parks and planted all kinds of fruit trees in them. I made reservoirs to water groves of flowering trees. I bought male and female slaves and had other slaves who were born in my house. I also owned more herds and flocks than anyone in Jerusalem before me. I amassed silver and gold for myself and the treasure of kings and provinces. I acquired male and female singers and a harem, the delights of a man's heart. I became greater by far than anyone in Jerusalem before me. In all this, my wisdom stayed with me. I denied myself nothing my eyes desired. I refused my heart no pleasure. My heart took delight in all my labor, and this was the reward for all my toil. Yet when I surveyed all that my hands had done and what I had toiled to achieve, everything was meaningless, a chasing after the wind. Nothing was gained under the sun. Then I turned my thought to consider wisdom, and also madness and folly. What more can the king's successor do than what has already been done? I saw that wisdom is better than folly, just as light is better than darkness. The wise have eyes in their heads while the fool walks in the darkness. But I came to realize that the same fate overtakes them both. Then I said to myself, The fate of the fool will overtake me also. What then can I do by being wise? I said to myself, This too is meaningless. For the wise, like the fool, will not be long remembered. The days have already come when both have been forgotten. Like the fool, the wise must die too. So I hated life, because the work that is done under the sun was grievous to me. All it is meaningless, a chasing after the wind. I hated all the things I had toiled for under the sun, because I must leave them to the one who comes after me. And who knows whether that person will be wise or foolish. Yet they will control over all the fruit of my toil, into which I have poured my effort and skill under the sun. This too is meaningless. So my heart began to despair over all the toilsome labor under the sun. For a person may labor with wisdom, knowledge, and skill, then they must leave all they own to another who has not toiled for it. This too is meaningless and a great misfortune. What do people get for the toil and anxious striving with which they labor under the sun? All their days they work is grief and pain. Even at night their minds do not rest. This too is meaningless. A person can do nothing better than to eat and drink and find satisfaction in their own toil. This, too, I see, is from the hand of God, for without him, who can eat or find enjoyment? To the person who pleases him, God gives wisdom, knowledge, and happiness. But to the sinner, he gives the task of gathering and storing up wealth to hand it over to the one who pleases God. This, too, is meaningless, a chasing after the wind. So in chapter 2, we continue this journey with Solomon as he pursues the meaning of life. Wisdom didn't give him the meaning of life, and so now he tests pleasure to see if that has the answer. He pursues laughter and 
and drinking and foolishness. And he does all of these achievements. He really goes for it. But in the end, just like wisdom, he realizes that all of these are just a chasing after the wind. When I was thinking about chapter two, uh, I immediately thought of George Michael. I, I think of George Michael often. I like Wham. But George Michael, his favorite song, can you guess it? Nope. It's Everything She Wants. He would say that was his favorite song. And what makes that song unique is it's not really an upbeat song, and it fits perfectly with Ecclesiastes 2. Listen how the song begins. Somebody told me, boy, everything she wants is everything she sees. I guess I must have loved you because I said you were the perfect girl for me. But now we're six months older, and everything you want and everything you see is out of reach, not good enough. I don't know what the heck you want from me. But somebody tell me, won't you tell me, why do I work so hard for you? To give you money, all to give you money. Some people work for a living. Some people work for fun. Girl, I just work for you. They told me marriage was give and take. Well, show me you can take. You got some giving to do. This guy is caught in a marriage he doesn't want to be in. And the dilemma is he's with somebody that desires everything they see. They want more and they want more. They're never satisfied. They're pursuing pleasure. They're pursuing wealth. They're pursuing everything except for a relationship that the uh, writer wants. And I think like that's how it, it is in Ecclesiastes 2. It's this pursuit of folly. It's the pursuit of wisdom. It's the pursuit of things. And it's never going to be good enough. Yeah, in verse 4 it says that Solomon planted houses and vineyards and gardens and parks. And it wasn't just one house or one vineyard, but it was many houses and many vineyards and all of these things. And it says in verse 9 that he, he became so great that he was greater than anyone else that had come before him. Everything that he wanted, he got. And then he comes to the realization that no matter how great he's become, that his fate is going to be like everybody that came before him, that he's going to experience death. And it's a sobering thought. He says in verse 14 about the wise and the foolish that he also knew that one fate comes to them both. And then in verse 15, it says, So I said to myself, what happens to the fool will also happen to me. Why then have I been overly wise? Why, like, what is all of this worth if all of that I achieve and all that I get and all that I experience just ends just like everybody else. A lot of times we have an overly optimistic view of life because we don't think about life with death in the picture. Like no matter how long we think that we're going to live, the reality is it's always going to end the same. And we don't know when that will happen. And like Solomon, when we start to think about life on earth with the reality of death in the picture, things become even more meaningless. What is this all about? What is this all worth? If all of these things are just going to turn to dust and I can't take any of them with me, then what's the point? And that's what Solomon was experiencing in verse 17. He says, Therefore, I hated life because the work that was done under the sun was distressing me, for everything is futile and a pursuit of the wind. And then in verse 18, he says, And I, I hated all of my work that I labored at under the sun because I must leave it to the one who comes after me. And who knows whether he will be wise or a fool 
yet he will take over all my work that I labored at skillfully under the sun. This too is futile. Solomon realized that no matter how much he gained, he's going to leave it all behind, and then who knows what will happen to it. Author Leo Tolstoy had a similar feeling when he wrote, Is there any meaning in my life that the inevitable death awaiting me does not destroy? And Solomon experienced this after he died. Right after he died in 1 Kings chapter 12, his son came and immediately lost 10 of the 12 tribes that made up his kingdom. Solomon had no control over that. And even before this, as he thought about the possibility of this happening, it was a sobering and depressing thought. It is depressing. And I think that when we put ourselves into that position of that sober moment, we think, oh no, I've got to do something differently. And so we start making these compromises with God, Powerball promises, if you will. God, if you let me win the Powerball, I'll give you 50% of the money. I'll give you, I'll just keep nine, I'll just, I'll just keep 10%. You can have 90%. And we do all these deals with God because we realize the injustice of everything and we want to somehow convince God to give us the blessings that we want. We, we say, if you let me have that second house in the San Juans, I'll, I'll let all my friends use it to the glory of God. I'll let them vacation there for free so that they can get away and find respite in you. Well, here's the thing. Are you doing that with your house right now? Because if you're not doing that with your house right now, you're not going to do it with a vacation rental. You might think you are, but you're not going to. And the reality is these Powerball promises are just a chasing after the wind. They're just a way to try to garner God's favor so that you can have all these things. One of the sobering parts of Ecclesiastes, and it's a terrible thing to think about, is at the beginning of Ecclesiastes, when we first started introducing this, we talked about, have you ever given advice to a friend that didn't listen? Well, Solomon's saying that now. Hey, I wrote this autobiography about all my pursuits. Will you guys just listen to me? It, it doesn't work to pursue these things. And maybe for some of us, it's not just a pursuit of things, but maybe we look to work to find meaning in this life. In verse 22, he says, For what does a person get with all his work and all his efforts that he labors at under the sun? In verse 23, he gives the answer, For all his days are filled with grief, and his occupation is sorrowful. Even at night, his mind does not rest. This too is futile. Like we talked about last week, what do you get for all your work? You get more work. And not only that, your mind does not rest. You're thinking about it all the time. It's consuming your life. And then in verse 24, things start to shift in Solomon. It says, there's nothing better for a person than to eat, drink, and enjoy his work, which sounds like the opposite of what you just talked about. And then he says, I've seen that even this is from God's hand, because who can eat and enjoy life apart from him? Solomon recognizes that apart from God, all of these things are futile. All of these things are meaningless. All of this is a chasing after the wind. And we need to see life through this perspective. That, man, these things are a gift from God. That all of these things, with God in the picture, they do have a purpose that doesn't end at death. And all of these things can have an eternal impact when we look at life this way. In 1 Corinthians 10.13, Paul says, So whatever you eat or drink or whatever you do, do everything for the glory of God. 
if we live this life just for ourselves, for our pleasure, like Solomon, we'll look back and think, ah, that still didn't satisfy. And Solomon would say, that's because that's not what you were created for. You were created to be with God, be in relationship with God. God wasn't supposed to be just a part of our lives. He was supposed to be the sum of our lives. We were created to find our identity in him. And when we pursue other things to give us our identity, it's like a cheap knockoff of what God originally intended. It's like when you're a kid and you want a Nintendo or a Nerf gun or a special game for your birthday or for Christmas, and then Christmas or your birthday comes around and you open the present. It's almost a Nintendo, but it's like the knockoff one. Or it's like a Nerf gun, but it's a knockoff one. It's fun for a while. But then you realize, I still really want that Nintendo. I still really want the original. There's something in me that wants more. And that's how it is with life and God. And as we think about Ecclesiastes chapter 2 this week, I encourage you to read through those verses and ask God to show you those areas where you're pursuing things other than him to find your identity. And when those things come to your mind, ask yourself, like Solomon, does something need to shift in me? And this Sunday, we'll talk about that a little more. What are the things that we need to shift in our lives? And what does that look like when we do that? Hope you guys are having a great week. And we'll see you on Sunday.